Andy, my dude, have you heard of the magical website builder known as Squarespace? Ugh, not another Squarespace ad. I feel like every podcast is sponsored by them. <laughs> hey, 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 don't knock it till you try it. Yes, okay, it is overhyped. But actually, it lives up to the hype. Squarespace is like a website fairy godmother. With a click of a button, your site transforms into a beautiful masterpiece. A website fairy godmother? That sounds interesting. What makes it so magical? Well, for starters, those slick templates make anyone look like a professional web designer. Pick one, customize the colors and fonts to match your brand, and voila. Plus, the drag-and-drop fluid engine is so easy, your grandma could build a site on Squarespace. Well, she did knit me a lovely scarf last Christmas. Maybe website design is next. Exactly. And when you're ready to sell your Nana's handmade scarves online, Squarespace has built-in e-commerce. Add a store with one click. Get flexible payment options. Then watch those sales roll in. And when she wants to teach others her steezy scarf skills, Squarespace's new courses feature is just the ticket. Nana can set up her curriculum and enrollments and payments in a snap and become the next e-knitting influencer. Wow, you really sold me with the grandma angle. Sign me up for that free try. Just go to thenextreel.com slash Squarespace and transform your site into a beautiful Squarespace masterpiece. Well, thanks, Pete. Even though it's overhyped, Squarespace actually sounds perfect for Nana's site's needs. Appreciate the warning on the ads, though. I'll brace myself next time I listen to a podcast. Anytime. Let me know if you need any help getting that site up and running. Andy, can you believe we've almost hit 700 episodes of The Next Reel? I know, it's crazy. And with all the other episodes in our family of podcasts, we are well over 1,200 episodes of movie conversation. It's really pretty amazing that we've gotten to have these in-depth movie chats every week for over a decade now. And we couldn't have done it without our loyal community of film fans. Their support over the years has meant so much. For sure. That reminds me, we should give the merch store a shout out. Buying shirts from thenextreel.com slash merch is a great way listeners can continue to support the show. Plus, they get to support our great designs. Absolutely. I think sometimes folks forget we have a variety of shirts, mugs, phone cases, and more available. In fact, a great place to start is with a shirt sporting the Next Reel's logo. We also have that classic Fast Times Spicoli Surf School tee, or the weirdly popular Rusty's European Tour shirt. The one from National Foods European Vacation. Why is that so popular? <laughs> Search me, but we have sold a ridiculous number of those. I guess there are a lot of Rusties taking trips to Europe? We're always adding new designs based on movies we've covered, like our brand new design for a streetcar named Desire, featuring a streetcar named Desire. So if you want to rep your love of TNR and films, head to thenextreel.com slash merch. Every purchase helps us continue to have these weekly in-depth conversations. So visit thenextreel.com slash merch today. And as always, thanks for listening and being a part of the Next Real community. We've got lots more great movie chats coming your way. Also, just so you know, the problem is that there's too much ice in my cup. And so I can't fit enough oh. ice green tea in it. That's why I have to keep refilling. Oh, I see. So if, if we want to put that as if we want to put that up top too. Right at the yeah. Yeah, right yeah. at the top. So if you wanna yeah. <laughs>
<laughs> have you considered like a, a gerbil feeder? <laughs> like you just can mount it right next to the projector, and you can be like, and and that's why Spielberg's a hack. <laughs> <laughs> that actually sounds delightful. <laughs> that's right. Even just right, just hanging right off, yeah, of, uh, right just out yeah. of the frame, just right out of the frame. Like just, Kyle, like, just for you, here. it would you wouldn't have to move. You would just have your microphone on one side and your yeah. Actually, just like I'm really enjoying the show. Yeah. Quentin Tarantino, not today. <laughs> oh God! Ah, gross. It's showtime, folks. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Next Real Saturday Matinee, our weekly show where the Next Real team gets together to talk about news, reviews, new trailers, and hotly debated weekly list challenge. I'm Pete Wright, and I'm joined this week by the bearded wonder himself, Kyle Olson. Hey, that's the me. And the most handsomest man in podcasting, especially for uh, this session, I will say, Tommy <laughs> Handsome. How are you, friend? Wonderful. Oh! Yeah. Hey! How about do? I'm walking here. Uh, we, uh, I'm walking let's see, here. Is handsomest by default a, yeah. uh, a real compliment? <laughs> I, uh, we, we do have a change in cast, and so uh, we want to uh, say our... our our deepest condolences to the good Mr. Rob Cabasco, who is out with the COVID this week. He was supposed to, supposed, yeah. he was supposed to join us and uh, he uh, is not able to, he is unspeakable. <laughs> That's not the right word. <laughs> he can't speak. <laughs> uh, and so at yeah. the very last minute, our, our pinch hitter, uh, Tommy happens to uh, be able to, happens to have some free time during our recording and some ideas on things mm -hmm. to talk about. And those two things, <laughs> Can't go unpodcasted, uh, Tom. Thanks for. But thanks for I will in. be playing the role of Rob. Yeah. Oh, if that's cool, I'm going to be robbing it up. Okay. This so this is, here's what you need to practice. Wait, yeah. what? <laughs> <Go ahead>. <laughs> <laughs> and and then occasionally it'll be a. Mm, I don't want to really talk about that. Yeah. Okay. No, no, wait. You guys aren't going to believe this. God, we could keep going. <laughs> this is amazing. <laughs> and I was like, what? what? <laughs> it's just like. So, this is, so there you go. Just Those, those are just some notes. It's uh, a, if you want to just incorporate that in your performance. You know, just, just little, along the way, just like, you know, seasoning. Just seasoning. All right. So I guess the first thing we should do is we had homework. So before we get into, you know, yeah. catching up, I think we should probably report back. So, I mean, this is the, the teacher calls on you and says, did you do your homework over the weekend? Yeah. Yeah. So, so I, Pete, did you so do your homework? This was this was the idea. Yeah, I, I did my homework yeah. and I, I did it immediately when we finished recording last week. I was so excited. You had suggested <laughs> that we watch the film Blood Red Sky. Uh, mm -hmm. and that was one of your list. And you had broken the rule and picked the movie that you I hadn't did. seen because Blood Red Sky yes. looked so good. So we we uh, went in to fill in that hole. And uh, I, do you want to set up the premise of Blood Red Sky, why we thought it was so perfect? Yeah, we, I mean, we were talking about airplanes on the last one and films about airplanes. And I had seen this has been on my list for a while. It was a, the premise is basically terrorists take over a flight, but one of the passengers is a vampire. And what? antics ensue. Yeah. So that was, I was like, oh, like just from the premise, 
you already I've already purchased my ticket. Where do I watch this film? Uh, and so I added it to my list, even though I even though I hadn't seen it. You know what that sounds like? That sounds like an intern was making copies of two different scripts, and he was like, "Oops!" And they like fell on the ground, and he was like, "I don't know which is which." And he just put them all together, all of us, <laughs> just <laughs> just pull it all. Yeah, in, just exactly. Like the, the cards. Yeah, yeah. That is exactly what like, happened. Uh, and I yeah. think um, I my I, I weirdly. <laughs> I deeply enjoyed my time with this movie. This is one of those. You know, I did. I did too. Crazy premise taken yep. very seriously. Very seriously. Like, oh, I don't, that's. I don't think there's a joke helps. to be had in that thing. They no. really were like, no, no. This is like serious, like issues, like threats. I mean, like these guys were serious, and there's a lot of blood. So much blood. So much blood. That pain. That plane is just a bag of blood when it hits the ground. Yeah. It, it is. Uh, it, it's really extraordinary. I thought the makeup work was great. The vampiric makeup mm-hmm. work. You know, the the whole story. She is the the vampire passenger. She is is trying to get to this <laughs> get to a second location, uh, in yeah. order to have a blood transfusion sort of uh, event where she can hopefully cure her vampirism. You get the impression that she doesn't quite know everything oh. about her vampirism as she's on the plane. And by right. nature of the experience of having to tell, to sort of rele- release the secret on the plane in order to, you know, protect her son and uh, mm-hmm. get, you know, protect herself from these hijackers who are not nice guys. One of them was Mm-mm. straight off a of prison break. We already knew he was. That's trouble. right. Um, right. Is, he played Dracula in a previous movie. Yes, he did. He was Dracula in Blade <laughs> 3. In Blade 3. That's right. Dominic um, Purcell. I I really like the, you've got the whole mother son story. You've got the terrorist story. You've got the, the frightened passenger story. And the whole thing I thought mm-hmm. came together in a really fun romp of of horror and uh terror yeah i agree i i sort of thought it would be you know when you hear the premise you're like oh boy here we go and you get in you realize oh no this is about a woman like struggling with this internal thing that she can't quite understand or control but she's trying to do her best to raise her kid because they also do the flashback and show that she was infected when her son was a baby like a yeah. baby baby like in a in a bjorn carrier or whatever the, or the um and and so that she's been living with this and doing this trying to keep it under control for 10 years i don't know how old the kid is supposed to be uh, yeah. but then now on the plane and then when things go badly and you think, well, now is the time, lady, like, re- release those fangs and go nuts. You find out later why she's been holding back this whole time, because once she lets it loose, it's really hard to get back under control. And you sort of ah. become, you know, you don't become the Lost Boys, you know, from oh yeah, <laughs> from uh, the 80s. Nobody no, no, was you, Kiefer you Sutherland full, in this movie. Full savage, you know, like you, yeah, you, you become, uh, you really become the monster. Uh and so, yeah, so then, and then also they set up the rules of how their vampire stuff works pretty clearly early on. And then they, that sort of, you, you see it as it follows through, you know, while this uh, diehard situation is going on. But yeah, yeah. and I thought, it was, I, thought it was, yeah, I thought it was very good. And I, and I, I really think they nailed the ending too. I did too. Uh, it, you know, I, I honestly think that, Tommy would enjoy this movie and that uh, I do too. so I don't want to talk anymore about the specifics. Yeah, because I'm not a vampire person. Yeah, but this seems like there's enough going on. Yes. 
other stuff going on. Do you know what, yeah. okay. Tom? Blood frankly, it is. It's just a bonkers premise, and and I think as a yeah. filmmaking exercise, it's it is an interesting movie. It is. Uh, yeah. It, it's multilingual, uh, German mostly. Yeah. Um, mostly German. Yeah. It is an international production for sure, and uh, mm -hmm. so really, really fun. I can say without qualification, this was a good candidate for the watch list last week. I will watch it. I did not have as a positive reaction to the other film that I did as my homework. <laughs> that I, I sort of did Blair's Guy because I had I had wanted to see it, and then now this this was like a, a good impetus to actually go in. And then Rob on his list had recommended Always, which was a Steven Spielberg film, which I had never seen oh, before. No. And so I watched three Steven Spielberg movies That's this week. So because I was trying to do the Jurassic Park run to get ready for the new Jurassic Park, which comes out this weekend. And so I had watched Jurassic Park, which is one of my favorite films of all time. I'd watched the I just Lost World. That too. Did you? Yeah. Well, see, it's 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 in the ether right now, but like it yep. still holds up. Like I said, I still love that movie. Uh, a Lost World, which never really held up and still remains not holding up yep. that great. But I still, you know, in sort of enjoyed my time just because Spielberg is such a great visualist. I'm just sort of watching it again going, man, what that dude does with light. Yeah. Just mm -hmm. I, like, and, and even, even uh, I got a, uh, a box set of, of Steven Spielberg films on Blu-ray uh, last Christmas. And so I, I, I had them, but I haven't gone through them. And so this was going, the transfer on this was gorgeous. And I just, it's amazing to sort of bring it up and go, Oh, remember when people used color in movies? Because <laughs> I mean, like when you, even in, in the early shots of when he's, you know, they're setting it and always when they're setting up with the airplane stuff and just looking down the field and the blue skies and the green trees and everything is just hyper saturated. I'm like, God, I miss this because everything I love the Marvel movies, but like the Russos like have three colors and, th and right. two of them are gray. And like, it's, it's like, <laughs> guys, you know, I mean, this is the one thing I wish is just like that. There, this, this, I sort of miss this era of filmmaking, but what I don't miss is the dialogue because no one in the history of the world ever spoke like this. And it drove Always. me crazy. <laughs> Always so, is not a good part of the it, canon. Yeah, exactly. I was sort of like, I, I really like, I see what they were doing. And, and by the way, Holly Hunter, is a national treasure uh like mm -hmm. i hadn't i don't think i've ever seen anything where she's she was this young i mean just have, now she's on mr mayor even though that's that has just ended um killing it you know like still incredibly funny at this time but to see her sort of back then to go oh yeah she was always amazing and we were dumb for not giving her every single role she ever could want um <laughs> uh, she's still around so Now's the time, Hollywood. Like, give her a call. Um, but uh, but yeah, the I, just nothing else worked. Not, like I was like, <laughs> I don't like any of these people. I don't understand this premise. I like, and they introduced the the lead guy, the the sort of the one who's the other pilot that he's supposed to mentor, or whatever. And I'm like. Who is this slab of meat? Like he's there's just nothing. There's just nothing. I mean, like I, I I'm sorry. I don't mean to be mean to the actor, but like whatever it was, I'm just like he's he's just a billboard. Like there's there's nothing going on. What like and this is supposed to be now the romantic lead? I don't understand what's happening. Yeah, I I don't know what was going on with that movie. If it was in editing or like Spielberg was like, no, no, I want to go do more Nia Jones or something and was distracted. Uh, but yeah, it's just the, no, nothing of that really, really, really resonated at all with me. And it was, it was a real slog to get through. You know what that movie was missing? Vampire. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's like, it's got, technically it's got ghosts, but I'm like, right? wow, That's for true. a ghost. I was like, I sort of, Everything that they try and do in this, I know it's a remake. I, I did sort of the history and, and maybe setting it World War oh, II. I didn't know that. 
Yeah, it was a World War II pilot movie, you know, so it's like the <laughs> he's a pilot and wants to go on one more combat mission, yeah. and then I'm going to stop being a pilot, and then, oh, no, he dies, and then that was another guy, and he also has a combat mission, and like that, maybe having that, you know, cauldron, that, that you know, that, so the, the intensity would make it, because when it's fire jump, it's sort of like, yeah, you guys are just, this, this is just your job. You could just right. not do this as opposed to like, we have to save the world, you know? Right. It's, it doesn't it's have quite, I mean, day. Exactly, exactly. I mean, like, I'm not like, obviously they're, the firefighters are you know, doing fantastic work and, and they're necessary. But like at the same time, the whole premise of it was like, should I help other people do this or should I keep doing it? It's like, no, that doesn't quite have the same sort of like, you know, <laughs> impetus of like heroism of like, I could train other people to do this job and be better, or I could keep running out there and keep dropping that stuff <laughs> on the fires. And so, but even numerically, doesn't it make more sense <laughs> if you were training other people? Cause then there's, you know, one of you and there's like 50 of them. And eh. I don't know. Yeah. So yeah. Always more like never. There you go. Never mind. Nice. <laughs> this is the most that anyone's that, talked Steven. about always no, ever. I'm, yeah, I, it's, but I, it's uh, it's 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 uh, yeah. I'm I'm I will not be uh, uh keeping that one in my that Steven Spielberg favorites. All right, that's uh, uh, it's do good you, to know. Have, do you have any? Do you have any memories or feelings about always that? It was bad. Like <laughs> Empire of the Sun is still one of my. Empire of the Sun is still one of my favorite movies of all okay. time. I've never seen I Empire of the Sun, probably, so maybe I need to put that up. Give it a try. Yeah. Uh, it's, I think it's in my – it's crossed over into – I can't – like you might watch it and be like, what's the big deal? Because I loved it so intensely when I was young. Oh, yes. Yes, I've so got a couple of So you sort of, of lose sight of that, but I still – I just rewatched it recently, and I think it's beautiful. My my problem with always is that it is uh, my memory of always is subverted by my memory of other movies with those people. Like I love Steven Spielberg <laughs> yeah. movies, and I yeah. love like I'm a big softy for Mr. Holland's Opus, so that's my Richard oh, yeah. Dreyfus, and I'm yeah. a big softy yeah. for Broadcast News, so there's my Holly Hunter. So yeah. obviously, I love always. Mm -hmm. Obviously, mm -hmm. I do. And it's so easy for my memory to just reprogram and rewire around always being a good mm -hmm. movie because I've only seen it like when it came out and not really since. Yep. So um, I, I yeah. totally get it. And I'm, I, I wonder if that was Rob's uh, scenario, too. Um, I would imagine. Yeah, he's a big softy. Yeah, he is a big softy. Uh, <laughs> I don't really want to talk about him. So. <laughs> <laughs> so, Tommy, we've dominated the thing. What have you been watching? What have I been watching? Oh, you know what? Because I've been editing the short film and it's been thrilling and filled with anxiety mm. and frustration, I when I'm in situations like that, I usually re-watch things that I've yes. watched before because it's yeah. a little comfortable. I re-watched Mission Impossible Fallout, the Ooh. very last one. Yeah. Because uh, someone mentioned it on something and I was like, oh, I want to watch that again. And then I liked it again so much. I think what I'm doing is I'm watching the Mission Impossible franchise backwards. Oh, And I don't know why, because I watched the Fallout and I was like, man, I want some more. So I was like, I wonder, like, it's been a while since I saw, oh, I don't, Go Rogue Nation, Rogue Nation or Ghost, Ghost Protocol, Protocol or Ghost whatever Protocol. they are in yeah. things, because it's always just words put together. And it's fun and I'm really enjoying it because I think it is officially, I don't know if I've said this before, my favorite film franchise. Interesting. Really? If okay. I had to pick a, fa a film franchise, I think it's the one that mostly 
holds up the most, the best for me that I want to go back, except for the one that I actually helped work on, yeah. <laughs> which is the second one. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's when I was working for John Woo. Motorcycle um, duel. Motorcycle duel. Uh, but every other one, I just, and they get better and better. So it's fun. That's so yeah. interesting. So and that's, that's not. Benjamin buttoning that series, I think, is really interesting because it would yeah. it would give you the sensation of any other franchise where they get progressively worse with each sequel. Yeah, whereas in right. reality, this one did get progressively better. I don't know when the last time was you watched yeah. Mission yeah. Impossible 1. It ain't that great <sighs> either. Yeah. it De Palma's out a little bit too much, but... There are still some really cool sequences in it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so no, I, I, it's it's been interesting. I've just sort of been doing that at night, which has been fun. And uh, oh, and I finished Under the Banner of Heaven. Oh, okay. which I did really end up. I really liked the filmmaking style of it. The the finale got wonky. <laughs> it was directed by to, uh, Tommy Schlamy, Um and oh. something which I was like, oh, wow, they brought in a big hitter but i think they brought in a big hitter because they ran out of time mm. like there's too much in the finale uh and so they had to bring but either way it, it really scratched a true detective itch um and i enjoyed it a lot okay. um i uh the the tom cruiseification of of my timeline right now is is strong uh, <laughs> only because of you know we did maverick last week have, have both of you i assume mm -hmm. have been out to see it no, nope. I just saw it. No, yeah, what did you? I did. It was plain tastic. It's so plain tastic. We we did a show on it, a film board on it last week. So that's that's in the feed, and so we don't need to. I haven't listened to it yet. that, but uh, it was a uh, it, it was quite a ride. And there's so much about again. You talk about just the nature of the filmmaking of that thing, like how they captured what they were able to capture is still <laughs> stunning to me. Yeah, and um, yeah, and, and so you bring up Mission Impossible, like it makes me think. Oh, I definitely need to go watch the Mission Impossible movies. I watch. You know, uh, Maverick to get ready for Dead Reckoning Part One, which I now have a mm -hmm. year to wait. How is all this going to keep my yeah. attention for a year? So I'm I'm anxious now. I'm very anxious for the next. It's uh, a year until it comes out. Yeah, yeah. They pushed the split I in half and then pushed it back a year. Yeah. Ouch. Yeah, it hurts. It's exciting to see in the trailer the guy from the first movie. Yes. The guy that's saying you are a block is the one that has the fish tank yep. uh, oh. conversation, uh, which is fun. It's just a neat uh, bring back. The fact that he's still like around is really cool. Yeah. Do you get the impression that this will be it? Dead Reckoning will be the end of the the Ethan Hunt? The fact that they're saying Dead Reckoning Jeez. part one. Well, makes I, meant, me I meant think part that, two. No, like, no, I know. Like, but the fact that it's called a part one makes me think that part two would be the end. Okay. But. I don't know. I mean, Chris McQuarrie after Fallout said he would never do another one, and then they backed up a Brinks truck. And so <laughs> there's a chance that if it just makes too much money, it seems like no one will ever stop. Yeah, right. Showing yeah. up. Yeah, uh, I'll be there. I'll be. Oh, I'll be there. I'm. I am. I'll be there. All resenting the part one status and everything. <laughs> I'll bring all that, all that entitlement fan fury. <laughs> <laughs> uh okay so under the banner of heaven i you actually liked it that's good to know i listened to uh mm -hmm. mandy on the man cave uh talking about they were not they were not fans and so it surprises me that you came <laughs> no. out positively for it well i had some different one of the things that they brought up was that the 
flashbacks of like Brigham Young and stuff was like really bad reenactments. Mm. For me, they had a storybook quality to it on purpose because the whole show is questioning the past, questioning mm. the origins of Mormonism mm. and Brigham Young and Joseph Smith and all that. So it makes sense that it would be a little bit sort of romanticized. So I, I maybe I'm, you know, giving it its own, uh, maybe I'm giving it its excuses, but for me, it really awesome. worked. Well, pretty much after, after Book of Mormon did their reenactments, I don't know why anybody even bothered. Exactly. <laughs> right? I don't know why anybody <laughs> does reenactments of anything after that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, if that's all on our current watch list, I think we should talk about trailers. 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 Cue that theme song. Uh, I think the first up is, in fact, Mr. Olson. That's right. I got in there fast because it's Geeked Week, according to Netflix. And Netflix apparently still has powers to name weeks. So, uh, they, <laughs> yeah, so they, they have been uh, announcing a bunch of stuff that of the the uh, nerdy variety, which I have been very excited about. And there's a show that people have been waiting for and talking about and wondering if it'll ever happen. And now we have proof because there's a real trailer. Uh, we're t- talking about Neil Gaiman's. The Sandman. I'm the king of dreams. Ruler of the nightmare realm. What are you doing here, Eddie? He's coming, isn't he? Yeah. Morpheus. The Aneromancer. You know the Sandman. He's a fairy story, Eddie. He's no fairy story. He's back. Good to know. Put the guy in his hands! Open your hands now! So this is a, actually a, a show that has has je, had uh, many many different <laughs> genesis along the way. It was going to be a movie. It was going to be a television series, and back to movie. And even Neil Gaiman talked in the uh, they did a uh, Q and A panel with him. Said uh, that he has killed so many Sandmen over the last thirty years <laughs> that like. But now like this one, he's <laughs> he's saying like it was all worth it to get to this version of it too. Uh, Sandman is a, a comic from the nineties that was uh, sort of interesting that they. Neil Gaiman was sort of a young writer at the time, and they sort of just gave him a little corner of the of the thing, and just said, you know, Vertigo was was about experimentation and idea, and just said, okay, just go ahead, just develop it. You know, he got a couple of artists he really liked, and sort of went off and did some really strange stories, some really touching ones, some really disturbing ones, uh, and all under the lens of this, the King of Dreams, which is who the Sandman is. So the uh, and now we're getting another iteration of it. Um, that's uh, going to be like the base. I don't know what, how far they're going to go. I, he has sort of cycles uh, in terms of the story, and so the, the the first season will go from one point to another. But they say, just like the comic, the show is going to vary wildly in tone. He said uh, the one episode is a thriller, and the next episode made him cry because of how emotional it was. So it was. It's going to be an interesting mix, and I'm. I'm so super excited about it, and I'm super curious to see how the world is going to receive it because the Sandman is not the Witcher. It is not Game of Thrones. Uh, it is very, very different in terms of uh, emotionality and tone and stuff, too, because the, their lead character, the Sandman, is not a very active character. He is, a, he is much more of a—because he is one of the endless. He is a 
a, a very passive character a lot of times. So it's curious to see how people will take to a show where the person mostly is just kind of observing uh, most things go on. So uh, what did you guys think of the trailer? I didn't get the he didn't seem like he was like super mellow in the trailer. It felt like they were setting him up to yeah. be kind of an action hero. Yeah, that's what I'm worried about because he isn't. He's sort of like he's sort of a king returning to his kingdom. Kind yeah. of thing, but he's not like out to conquer. He, I mean, he does some cool stuff, but he's not really like he's not going to strap on armor and ride in on a, you know, a flaming steed and lay waste yeah. to people. No, <laughs> I don't know anything about it. Like, I've never read any of the comics. I'm not I'm not in the fandom of the Sandman. So, yeah, that's what, that's what yeah. I'm curious to see. You know, um, like, right. I right. am. It might surprise you the opposite of Pete. I am mm. so excited for the Sandman. I have read the entire series at least a dozen times. And seeing some of these things come to life, yeah. seeing that really quick shot of despair, yes. seeing the end with uh, they're teasing the Corinthian. Yep. Like, these are my superheroes. Yes. <laughs> Talking about geeking out on stuff. Remember, like, when I came out about the Dark Tower? And oh, I was yeah. like, what? He knows things? <laughs> this is also, I know these stuff. And I'm interested in the ways that they're already really departing. Like that, mm -hmm. the female character that's like, what? He's coming back? I don't, there's no character like that. Yeah. In and the, it's, it's Joanna so Constantine, already, not John Constantine this time. Right. There's, there's like a lot of changes already, even in the trailer, except the Sandman looks like the Sandman. Yes. That guy looks dope. Yeah, those cheekbones, so man. In, like they must have yeah. scoured oh. the world to find the cheekbones that could live exactly. up to Exactly. I think they took... Benedict Cumberbatch's cheekbones and put his cheekbones on these cheekbones. It's no, I am. This is, this is my Marvel universe. I mean, this is my superhero thing. So nice. I'm incredibly excited and incredibly nervous, but just seeing that one shot of him appearing when he is caught in the, I won't spoil anything. Yeah. yeah. When he shows up in this realm, I was like, Oh my God, it's happening. So yeah. I cannot wait. And I'm so excited. I didn't know that this trailer was out. Or anything, and so thank you so much for putting oh, this good. on the list. Yeah, so you've yeah. been in your in your own bubble. Yeah, correct. Wow, awesome! I, I weird, right? I you love being the not that, nerd next to Tom. This is amazing. <laughs> 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 yeah, Tommy, have you have you listened to any of the audio drama they have put out recently? I have not. No, okay. should I? You should. Yeah. Uh, the, okay. What I like about that, we're, I'm going to go small diversion before we, we go on things. So um, they are doing a, a full adaptation of the entire comic uh, as an audio drama. So uh, Dirk Maggs was one of my one of my podcast heroes. Like, I mean, before, before there was even podcasts, there was Dirk Maggs who was working on Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy radio drama. And so now Got he's it. doing this. And it's an all-star cast. Uh, James McAvoy is Morpheus. Um uh, Kat Dennings is death. I mean, like it's it's just a fantastic oh, wow. and full where, sound. Where is full this sound on like on Audible? This is on Audible. Or? It's an Audible original, Audible, okay. so it's a, it's from Amazon Studios technically, and you can get it on Audible. Uh, and it's and they're doing full adaptation. Like so, they even went back and pulled his original notes that he gave to his artists, and that was where they formed the narration. And Neil Gaiman is narrating it. Oh my so god! So it's literally okay, his I'm voice. It down. is remarkable, and, and each one is like sixteen hours long. <laughs> They've done two wow. acts so far. So that the, what he has said is basically that is a strict adaptation. Like they are going from the comics, from the original scripts, and doing Got it. it. The television show is a brand new entity. Like they are, they right. said, like they just they looked at everything and said, twenty twenty two. You know what is. What is Sandman now? What does it look like now? Who should people be now? And it's going to be everything can be potentially different as it goes. But so, so you're kind of going got to be those two cops that are like 
freeze, Sandman. And I was yeah. like, there's no yeah, Exactly. Like, I'm like, that's not exactly. But I'm like, okay. That's not how any of that works. have that. You know, so you can listen to that. Sure. You, can, you can read the comic. Oh, great. I'm absolutely audio. going to listen yeah, to that. Yeah, so I highly great. recommend that to anybody out there who's interested. Thank because you. those And they, they, they're extremely well produced, too. Super creepy when they have, like, the, you know, the convention, if you know what I mean. Oh, <laughs> that gets yes. really, really creepy. I uh, I don't know what you mean. So, right, so this is no, this is my okay, question. Yeah, so. Like for me, as a guy who's yes. never read anything and uh, has a road trip ahead of him, you think that yeah. you know getting the Sandman this would be a great entree into the material, oh. right? Is that what I'm hearing you uh, say? Well, I, I guess. Well, I no, <laughs> I wouldn't say that I, I, because I'm I'm worried that then you're going to be in the boat where we are going to be in that you're thinking like well, that's not exactly how they do. It. You know, you're gonna be into the oh that's. Though it's not, it was this way, but now it's this way. It might be better just to just go in this way, just and then wait. if you like it, you can go back and then do that. But if okay. you're if you're hungry for more, there's that is an adaptation okay. that is out there, so you can you can do it either way. Okay, uh, you can watch it on my birthday. Hey, it's coming out the day before actually, so oh, uh, it's coming out August fifth. August fifth. That's what I'll be doing on my birthday. All right, send everyone away. I'm binging on Sandman. Outstanding. All right, Tom, you're up. Hey, everybody. My film is called Blackbird. <laughs> was that a good intro? <laughs> he understood the assignment. <laughs> well, I just remember I showed up late. I found this this morning. I never wanted this for you. I wanted a totally different life. A steady paycheck. Kids. A family. Dead. Tell me there's a way out of this. Not a quick one. We would like you to transfer to another prison and befriend someone to elicit a confession. We suspect that this man killed 14 women, but we only have one of the bodies. Larry has vivid dreams. Tell me about him. In my dreams, I kill women. Those are just dreams. In this prison, where are the guys? Maximum security specializing in the criminally insane. You want me to check into hell and befriend the demon? Not for all the money in the world. How about freedom? I love the entire cast. It's based off of, the trailer says it's based off of the writing of Dennis Lehane, mm. which is one of my favorite writers. He's one of those wire creeps, uh, like uh, <laughs> David Simon and people like that. And it looks great. Uh, the whole cast is awesome, and it uh, there's prison, and I love it. So it looks good. What do you guys think? It's going to be on Apple TV at some point. Yeah, I had not heard anything about this. Uh, so when right. I watched that I trailer this it. morning, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm on board. The only thing I could be more excited about this was if it was at Arkham. <laughs> yeah. like, imagine like this, but it's the Joker and you have to send somebody yeah. in. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's a, yeah. Every, every time they, it's, it's super creepy and they do a great job raising the stakes. I love all these people. And obviously we get and one more performance from the great Ray Liotta. Right. Is this his last? Yeah. I think it film? is. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, it looks like he. Yeah. And also, um, I forgot his name. Never mind. Cut this part out. Go ahead. Uh, Pete, what did Tar you think? Taron Egerton. 
No, I was. Oh, Greg Kinnear. Greg Kinnear. At the beginning, they're like, yeah. Well, it's funny because the way that the trailer is cut, they're like, there's a guy that's killing people. And then Greg Kinnear is there. And I was like, Greg Kinnear walking through the crime scene. I'm like, that's an interesting choice. And then I was like, oh, no, it's that weirdo from I, Tanya. I get it. (laughs) But you know what's interesting? I mean, I thought Greg Kinnear was like done making non uh, spiritual movies. Like, he's, he like found a home in, uh, in a lot of like Christian film making, I didn't know that. I think he yeah. has. Okay. Yeah, it's I. I think so. Like I, I Kim am and I Dean Kane and Kevin Sorbo. You know, like yeah, yeah. I I think I. And now I'm speaking wildly out of out of context because I haven't watched any of those movies. <laughs> so, uh, but it was really interesting to see him back in in this sort of a film. I'm I was glad to see him because I've always been a fan. I mean, I really like his whole his whole on-screen vibe didn't he do wasn't he yeah. he was the talk soup guy for a long time on comedy mm-hmm. central yep. he was uh yep. or e whatever he was that was on it, mm-hmm. it was great i really I liked the last him. movie i saw him in was autofocus oh yeah Bob oh, yeah he's yeah. really good in autofocus and he, what was, yeah. he was in the, <laughs> the last thing i remember seeing was in the windshield wiper movie what was the Oh right! He invented the windshield wiper, and big windshield yeah. took all of his exactly. <laughs> took all of his invention. That's the last thing I remember seeing him in. Well, I I, right. I like the um, I, my most recent Dennis Lehane experience was the Ben Affleck film Live by Night, which I think mm. performed mm. below my experience with it. I think it's a guilty pleasure. <laughs> I I don't think it did well, okay, okay. Um, but I I quite enjoyed no. it. And um, but you know we're also I think I'm speaking for all of us. We're in the bag for Shutter Island, like the Dennis Lehane oh, yeah. properties. Yeah. I think our, our so we got Mystic River. What were the other ones? Uh, Gone Baby Gone was one. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a good one. Pretty sure there was one other one that I'm missing. Uh, anyway, I, I I like his 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 kind of yeah. narrative style and stories. So I'm I'm excited about it. I think it I think it looks great. But good. you you don't well, know when it's going to come some out. Point. It's a, at some point kind of an experience. Okay. Yeah, I'll figure it out. You keep talking. Blackbird okay, good. When. Can you go ahead and talk I'm us gonna through put your in internet Blackbird research and see what while, we're, while I'm talking? Go ahead and just leave your mic hot. This and is the song that we sing when Tommy's typing to find typing. when the date comes out. <laughs> oh, no, this is actually a copyrighted song. You'll Look have to cut this. Look how serious he's gotten. Blackbirds, when do they nest? That's not what I want. I don't Blackbird when on TV, please. Now I'm gonna start singing Blackbirds. You have I don't to cut know all how to use Google. <sighs> oh, it's a series. Yeah. Oh. I okay. I just thought it was a movie. It's a series. That's even better. Okay. This is gonna make me join up for Apple TV for another week. Oh, uh, no, it's not on July eight, July eighth, twenty twenty two. Okay. Okay, yeah. that's good. So we've got July. We got July eighth. We've got August fifth. Let's see what I can do for this experience. Yeah, you uh, picked a great trailer, by the way. By the way, I didn't pick my trailer. I'm going to just <laughs> let the cat out of the bag. I was assigned this trailer to pick and watched it after the fact. I hadn't seen it. And uh, because clearly the person who picked it for me knows me so well, uh, this movie, uh, I didn't change it. <laughs> I was going to change it to Black Adam. <laughs> I didn't change it. Uh, Worthy this, discussion. The... The movie is Don't Make Me Go. There's one option, but the operation is risky. 
So when are you having the surgery? I don't know. How do I tell my daughter? I'm kind of it for her. So how are you? Let's go somewhere. We've never taken a real road trip together. No way. It's the rest of summer. We're going. I will be miserable the entire time. I will teach you to drive on the way. If you have a good attitude for real, I'll let you get behind the wheel. If you promise to never do that again, ever. I will never, ever do it again. Get out. All right, good. We're gonna see so much good stuff driving. When you look back on this trip, I want you to remember you and me spending time together, not you waiting for your boyfriend to call. I need you to drive. I didn't know your headaches were this bad. You never tell me anything. Clear, go now. Did you close your eyes? I was just gonna no! Always keep your I eyes open. One second, okay? Is this what a midlife crisis is? No. Yes. on you. I want you for my whole life. You have a fire inside you, Wally. Life is gonna pull some moves to try and put it out. Trust yourself. Don't Make Me Go is an adventure dramedy. Have you? Do you watch a lot of adventure dramedy, boys? That makes me throw up in my mouth a little bit, uh, just saying those words. Uh, John Cho, love John Cho. John Cho is, uh, uh, he's, uh, I think he's, I think the world of John Cho, I, uh, you know, mm-hmm. the Harold and Kumar films are exactly what you get on the tin, but uh, loved him in, um, uh, loved him in uh, Star Trek as Sulu, the, mm-hmm. the reboot of Sulu. Um, and uh, I just think I, I, he's very charismatic on screen for me. Uh, the mm-hmm. story is searching? about him as a what? I've not. I've not seen searching. Did you see searching? Yes. Yeah, exactly. No, absolutely. Which was uh, fascinating. And, he was great. Yeah, if you Did you see his it? face? That's yeah, a you get a lot of face. You yeah, get a lot, a lot of, of Cho face. Oh, you get the mm-hmm. Cho face. Um, mm-hmm. So <laughs> when show me your Cho. That's going to be his auteur uh, director name when he starts directing. Uh, is Cho? Is, is it a? Would you say it's Cho face? Um, anyhow, this is the story of John Cho and uh, his daughter, uh, not his real daughter, played by uh, Mia Isaac, uh, and he has a terminal uh, diagnosis. He's going to die, but does not tell her, and uh, along the way, uh, he is trying to um, uh, improve their relationship with one another, and uh, as a father and daughter, it looks like he is a solo dad, and they have some, you know, teenage father-daughter stuff, and he's trying to get over the hump before he... Uh, uh, loses his life. And so they go on a cross-country road trip. And I guess that's the adventure part in the dramedy. Um, but mm-hmm. I liked the vibe. It was it, it was a blacklist script by Vera Herbert from 2012 mm-hmm. that's been hanging around. Um, and, you know, we're also kind of in the bag for blacklist scripts. It, this is one of those examples mm-hmm. of movies that I don't know would, uh, would get a, a theatrical release anyway. Uh, I don't know that it would be picked up. I'm kind of glad places like Amazon Studios exist right now in this time and space, as problematic as they may be, to actually throw a bunch of money at movies and scripts like this because it looks uh, it looks kind of special. What'd you guys think? The cra- I thought it looked adorable, and then at the very end it says rated R. Yeah. Did anything about that trailer make you think that this movie would be rated R? No. What would it be rated R for? <laughs> it says like Violence. drinking nudity. 
Oh. Sexual content? Like the trailer is hiding a, a lot club of things. At some <laughs> yes, point. There's a club. Yeah. There's gotta be a club. Yeah. 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 And that and now we know why Weird. Amazon threw that, a bunch of money at it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh but no, past that, I mean I I think there's a different movie hiding behind yeah. the trailer. But other than mm-hmm. that, I think it looks adorable. And I'm in the John Cho business as well. Yeah, there were a lot of good trailers this week, uh, so I, you know, I, I picked mine early, but and and nothing got to it. But I, I I saw a ton of really good ones. But when I saw this the this one, it really struck something with me. And I know that Pete, I knew you'd like this too because I know how much you love movies uh, where people are um, hiding diagnosis of terminal diseases. <laughs> No, no, I, I, I thought because it's it was a, a father-daughter thing, and I know you and I are both. We were like the, me we, were the, we were like father-daughter, you know, uh, movies, and there are not very many of them. <laughs> yeah. uh, so I saw this dude, and yeah, it's a, they can't get enough of, uh, of John Cho. But it's like, man, that dude is aging really well. It's like you see him as a dad, and like, no, but he's it's, it's John Cho. He can't. And you look at his age and go, wow, man. yeah. <laughs> well, he is. Uh, he's he's only. About five months older than me. God, he carries it better. Right. Wow. Pete, we've always said you're the John Cho of this podcast. (laughs) We've always said that. Do I deliver some real podcast Cho face? Is that what I do? (laughs) Oh, I wish we were naming these episodes because we just named it. <laughs> well, you'll be thrilled to know that you can get your own show face on uh, uh, if you're in, at the Tribeca Film Festival. You can catch it on. Uh, let's see, has it already happened? No, it's happening on the 13th. That's just a couple days from now as the uh, podcast flies. Oh uh, but you can get it on Amazon Prime, July 15th, 2022, next month. So we got a couple of Julys and an August. So perfect. There you go. All right. So we have a questionable next step in our discussion mm-hmm. today because I I don't have a game uh, because of things. And yet Kyle teased and said, I think I have an idea. <laughs> I don't know if idea equals game or if it's just a thought experiment. <laughs> what are we going it, to it's, be? It's what much, do you want to do next? It's much more the latter than the former. Uh, okay. I didn't actually put a full game. But there's, there's an idea I've been kicking around. So this is sort of a, a beta test of the idea. And it's, I'm curious about your sort of movie history and habits and, and that kind of thing. So so I have just basically a rough series of questions just to kind of get to know people a little better. So uh, first question I'm going to ask Pete, just because uh, Tommy already looks panicked that he's going to be asked a personal <laughs> question. So um, I, I was curious, do you remember what was the first movie you ever saw in a movie theater? It was Bambi. Wow. For sure, okay. Bambi. Obviously a re-release because that's like from... 1951 or something yeah i i guess uh i, I just so remember you probably saw being, it in the 70s y- yeah i saw it in the 70s i mean i don't know how old i was okay. we, we, i i would have been because my memory of it is clouded by my parents telling me my experience with it right um yeah. and so like they all they told me was that was the first movie that you saw and man that fire sequence destroyed you and uh, we we had to we had to take a couple of years off um, from movies because you didn't like the whole okay. the whole movie gambit. Big room, big screen just terrified the hell out of you. And so we couldn't do it. The, the <laughs> second movie I saw in the theater was not with my parents. It was my uncle. And he took me to Star Wars Episode four. A New Hope. Oh. 
that was oh, that so was oh. I call that my first movie uh, in the theater. So. Yeah, yeah, what about it's you, a good Simon? one. No idea, okay. but I do remember the first movie that I saw at home mm. on a newly purchased VHS. Okay, recorder. Superman was, was it? We Superman were in the kitchen. This was on. <laughs> it was not Superman. This was on Talisman Drive in Vienna, Virginia. Have you guys seen the movie? Um, nope. Why would I swerve over to that? Um, uh, Talisman Drive is famously. Do you? What's the movie? I'm gonna go for it. What's the movie with the actors? And oh, um, Breach. Breach. Have you seen the movie Breach? Breach. No. Is it a whale movie? No. Um. Who's? Oh God, I don't have any of the proper nouns I need for this. <laughs> who's the actor that was the boy in Cruel Intentions? Ryan Philippe. Yes, oh, Ryan nice. Philippe, oh. and he has to infiltrate a spy. There's a rogue person in this oh, FBI or CIA. Okay. Yes, none of this is worth it. Either way, he was also he also lived on Talisman Drive. I lived on the <laughs> oh, same I was going to say, I'm like, wait, I lived on the same street. The 90s. You didn't watch a movie on VHS until yeah. the 90s? I, <laughs> uh, no, was, I lived on the same street as and I got a one of the most copy notorious spies, from Best Buy. Russian oh, from spies in American history. Either way, no, the very first movie that I ever saw, hey, there it is, the very first movie that I ever saw on VHS on my kitchen table was unfortunately Watership Down because uh. <laughs> my parents didn't do research. Wow, both they were like guys. animated. This will be good, and yeah, then rabbits tear got... each other apart. You know, it's interesting. And... I also have a a terrorized by animated film story too because like you had your Bambi, you had Watership Down, which obviously is rabbits murdering each other. Yeah, uh, for and your me, first movie was Fritz the Cat. I remember I had uh... <laughs> no, that would have been a very different traumatic experience. Um, no, uh, when I was. I had, I remember having, I had chicken pox uh, for the, the first time. So I was out of school for the time. And so my mom would go to the local video store and find any animated thing she could get, you know, because it was, uh, you know, and then to, to basically something for me to watch. Uh, and she got me a movie called Plague Dogs. <laughs> So plague, <laughs> yeah, plague, plague dogs. It is, it is, it is a real, honest to God, animated film about two dogs who were in a medically experimented on, uh, and <laughs> who escape from the facility, uh, and and have an adventure along the way and die. <laughs> <laughs> like with my face covered in little red dots, going Amazing. like, "Why would you give me the movie with the dogs?" <laughs> it's like it's artistic death because it's like yeah. they're trying to get to like this, like kind of like a heavy side layer, sort of like mythical place where all dogs are. You know, these dogs did did not make it all the way to heaven, uh, but they're like <laughs> swimming out to get to this mythical island. And then it like sort of like fades out as they're like swimming as what you know is nothing. And like and then credits roll. I'm like, why would you do this to me? And why would you make that? Right. (laughs) Who's the audience for that? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it was it was done in like I mean, the artistic style wasn't like. Uh, you know Don Bluth or whatever. It was much more like Thundercats, yeah. where like it was like a more serious sort of. And Watch It Down, actually yeah. Watch It Down, I think probably was from the same animation house. I would imagine because like some <laughs> some executive was like, you know what, kids need more of animated <laughs> murders. Right. <of> <laughs> Oh, wait, can I tell you one really quick, another story involving a VHS and being yeah, sick? sure. That was my next question. <laughs> this was an be. early was memory about... that I have. And there's a swear word in this one, so be okay. prepared. Um, but it helps with the story. 
I was sick and my mom was out of town. And so my dad was taking care of me and he had to go to work and leave me there. But he was like, I'm going to go get up early and get you a movie and you can watch the movie while I'm at work. And then I'll come home and take care of you. And he went, and this was like his one thing that he had to do. And he came back and he goes, well, I didn't know exactly what to get. So I got you this. And it was a movie called Summer Dog. And I was like, okay, cool. And he puts it in the thing and it kind of like slides all the way through because uh-huh. he accidentally rented a Betamax. <laughs> <laughs> and it slid through the sheet. And he looked at me and he went, well, shit. <laughs> and then he went to work. <laughs> So that's Summer Dog. <laughs> I hope that story was worth this telling because it always makes me laugh. This is what we've lost in the world of streaming. This is the kind of stuff we've lost. Yeah, yeah, yeah Betamax yeah. slid, slid right through. Well, okay, then follow Betamax up on that, was then. another option uh, yeah, sorry, for, for the young listeners. Out there. Yeah, there was VHS you... and Betamax, and Betamax was actually better, but yeah. it lost out to VHS. Yes. Yeah, when you would go to the video store... They would usually have two boxes, at least the one that I went to, like a bigger box and a smaller box. And so you would see the movie you want to see, like, oh, my God, there's Goonies. And you run over and go, oh, because yeah, it was the smaller beta, box. Yeah. It turns out they only right. have somebody already rented the VHS copy. You have to, the beta, and you don't have a we, My, my oh, dad so. was a, uh, my dad was the news director of a television station. And, and um, so oh. he was big on, like, uh, coming home, we always had different tapes. And, and, it, so we had uh, Betamax sitting right next to VHS, sitting right next to a three-quarter inch deck that he would bring home, oh, you know, wow. tape from from the station to review. And occasionally, you know, he'd 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 have to dub across, and so I'd end up with, you know, a, a movie that we'd rented on Betamax, and it would end up on three-quarter inch tape to watch. Like it was just, but we'd have to watch it in like twenty-eight minute <laughs> segments because the tapes weren't long enough. It, it, he was he was a mad scientist, but I'll, I'll never forget one day I'd gotten out of the shower and he he bought the beta version of superman and i got out of the shower oh. and i walked into our basement and i had wet hair and i was standing there and i put the tape into the deck and i was standing under the tv and apparently the the antenna uh, was touching my wet hair and i don't know if any of that was related but i turned on the tv and got shocked so bad i fell down and hit my head and got a concussion oh <laughs> sent through my brain and i hit the hit the deck so hard so that is the connection that i have with superman and betamax <laughs> and i am to this day convinced that that's why vhs won the war of of tapes because because betamax was so dangerous <laughs> I love that so many of our listeners right now are like, what's an antenna? <laughs> like they, we've lost so many people. It's just like, you know what? I had a telegraph. I, yeah, exactly. That's right. I forgot. We, I had rabbit ears. Uh, in, in, yeah. In, oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They, we had, that's the only way to get the signal. So what was your next Do question? You, I'm you, sorry. you remember I, the, well, keeping on the same thing, uh, more about trauma. No. Uh do you have a memory of what the first thing that you intentionally recorded, like a movie that you recorded that you because you know I'm gonna watch I want to watch this again and again and again. Intentionally recorded. Yeah, I mean, like when we got past the oh, point where, like, when you had access like to off of, like you know, a TV, late, like late, it, late movie or HBO or yeah, like like movies that yeah something shows up yeah. and I push record while it's playing like, on the TV. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Or even like, you know, the ABC Sunday night movie or yeah. whatever that they would, you know. I, uh, I'm i a 
a bit of a completionist and uh, have, I guess, odd, odd taste in the things that I devote my time and media and attention to. And I recorded every single episode of uh, Airwolf uh, with Jan oh, okay. Vincent. I was a, I was a real wolf head. I mean, I love that show <laughs> so hard. And I had tape after tape. And then I, I had this label. I had Print Shop Pro on my computer, on my nice. Apple. I guess yeah. it would have been my Apple IIe and I, or Print Shop. And I would make labels and I would print them out on parchment paper and use glue stick because they weren't like la sticky labels that you're printing on. That didn't exist. Mm -hmm. So I would use my, my glue stick, my elementary school glue stick, and I would glue them onto the tape. These dot matrix <laughs> printed labels that included the episode, the show, and then the episode numbers that fit mm -hmm. on the tape. Like I was, I was deep into my television airwolf collection commercials and all okay. oh yeah. What the, yeah and do you still have any of them no they uh, they were they, I, I just say they were destroyed in the fire there was no fire and okay. they i don't know where they went it's, it's been too long okay well what about you tommy did you do you have any tape do you tape anything that you would want to watch again I it's not a movie, unfortunately, but whenever I could, because for a while it was hard to do. But mm -hmm. you, if you could find stand up comedy, oh, I would yeah. record it and watch it over and over and over again. Just brick okay. wall stand up oh, comedy. Yeah. Uh, the improv. Yep. All yep. of that stuff. I'd hunt that stuff down and just watch it over and over and over again. I'll say I watched I never taped anything, but I, of those. Uh, but I, I was I was a relentless taper when the when I got sort of into the 90s. And I realized mm -hmm. I want to watch these shows over and over again. And I had. A wall of VHS with mm -hmm. all yeah. handwritten labels and stuff too. Yeah, so yeah I was. Oh, about that. maybe kids. Uh, let me update it. Kids in the Hall. Oh, okay. When Kids in the Hall would, was doing their original American run, I would yeah. uh, record all of those. Where okay. Where was the original at? Was that an HBO? I remember. It was um, a, I think it was a paid service. I'm pretty sure it was HBO. Oh, if, if it was HBO. Because you were talking about that Kids in the Hall really a, a ways back a couple weeks ago the, on SatMat. Yeah, because the new episodes correct. are airing. Yeah, not the new one, and but the original. I never saw yeah. the original ones. I can't remember why. Because I, I remember because I remember that they were on a service I didn't have. So I think they were like like I wasn't like it was Showtime. I think it was HBO. I think that sounds right. It was, it was one of those paid services that I didn't yeah. have access to. Okay, right. We yeah, had confirmation I, in the chat that it's HBO. Yeah, exactly. At the time, I did not have access to these episodes. So I never got to see them. Um, do you uh, do you guys either of you remember the first movie that scared you like as a like that not the she, God, yes. traumatizes it's the children still, thing it's still but like, like the first thing that you adult. saw that oh okay this is also a, a VHS tape uh, my dad said hey you know what I think you're old enough for uh, I got I got you something and come on into the den and I said he Summer sat me dog. down on my knees in front of the TV and he puts this tape in and presses play and then says I'll be right back and leaves to take a phone call in the other room while <clears throat> Salem's Lot is playing and uh, when I don't remember is Mikey Billy whatever open the window. Uh -huh. I uh, uh, crapped my pants and like it was the scariest thing, <laughs> scariest thing I've ever seen in my life. I don't know what he was trying to do, let alone trying to do with me, with him not being in the room with me. But we still refer yeah. to the vampire there as Mr. Blue in, in our family writ large. Like Mr. Blue left a, a, a real defining impact on my psyche around horror movies. It was awful, <laughs> awful. And maybe yeah. defines why it's you, taken me 35 years to come back to, to horror movies, or 40 years to come back ha to horror have, movies. Have you watched it since? Yeah, it does. Like, have you it's, gone back and actually watched? 
Yeah. And it, it is exactly as scary as it was then when I put myself okay. in those in that place. Like I can watch it. It's a <laughs> yeah. it was like a TV movie, right? Like it wasn't it originally released on TV? Like yeah. why Yeah, what? it was. It was a TV miniseries. Yeah. yeah. Uh I had no business being as as scared as I was for that. But because it affected me then when I was I don't even know how mm-hmm. old I would I, I was at the time, like eight, nine, something like that. Ridiculous. And um, yeah, yeah I, it was trauma, trauma. <laughs> what about you, Tommy? I know you're a horror person. Like, do you remember the thing that sort of got I you remember going? the first movie that I remember having, like I couldn't go to sleep because I was too scared afterwards. Okay. And that was the original Poltergeist. Oh, oh. yeah. How old uh, were you when I- you saw that? Saw it on VHS, so mm-hmm. whenever that would have been. Okay. Um, See, and yeah. I had my friend, my best friend, Jamie Bullman, was over, and my parents showed it to us, and we watched it, and then it was a sleepover. So we went to bed, and we couldn't get to sleep because we were too scared, and so we listened to a tape I had of Paddington. <laughs> Fair, <laughs> like a story, because yeah. I used to listen to things to go to sleep, and we listened to it like the whole thing three times in a row because whenever it would end we'd have to like switch it because we were too scared (laughs) do you do you remember when hbo was the channel that had premium run movies and not very many of them like when poltergeist had its run on hbo it would be on at six in the morning and then at 11 in the morning (laughs) and then at four in the afternoon and then at eight at night right they would run it all the time so and it was like the hotel channel Right. You would have home box office. Mm -hmm. It's like being at home, but in a hotel. So my parents and I were on a trip in Texas and my parents got deathly ill with food poisoning and stayed and were just in bed. And I was a young child just going and getting them like food from vending machines because that's all I was capable of. (laughs) And I would come back and watch Poltergeist over and over and over again for three straight days. And they were wow, passed wow. out. They were super sick. And so I nearly memorized Poltergeist. Uh, but also, uh, Dominique Dunn went to my high school. And so my when I got to high school, I was in the last year of this particular theater. You could see her. Um, she had signed her name all over the place because she was big in the theater department. And this was just a year before, two before she was uh, killed, horrifically killed. Um, right. And so my my connections to Poltergeist run, my allegiance to Poltergeist runs deep. Wow. Do you remember the first thing that you made your parents take you to? Like the like I want like I saw a preview for the thing or my friends only like I want to go see that. I didn't have to beg my parents to take me to anything. Like they they were huge movie okay. people. So it, okay. we always we just had an agreement that. This is these are we're going to see all the things and made some bad decisions that we Mm probably I shouldn't have seen as young as I was. We were in the theater together watching things that were probably wildly inappropriate. Um, But, yeah, I I never had to fight. (laughs) I we also had the thing I'm I'm sure I've talked about this where like on any new release day of Star Wars, Star Trek or James Bond, Mm -hmm. dad would come in my room in the morning and was like, how are you feeling? Are you okay? And I would (laughs) He's like, I think we better call Huge. him sick. And we would go to That's the Cinema 180. Adorable. And we would see it Friday. on opening day. Yeah. Nice. My dad would do the same thing, but with Summer Dog. <laughs> he'd come in and be like, are you feeling sick? And he'd, he'd be like, yeah, put the tape in well. and it'd slide over and it'd hit the, the floor in. and he'd be like, all right. <laughs> yep. Do well, you, goodbye. <laughs> do, uh, do you remember the first rated R movie you saw in the theater? 
I mean, obviously, Poltergeist, I think, is I think is R. But, I mean, like, do you remember actually yeah. like, going to a theater to see a radar movie? I don't think Poltergeist is R. I think it's surprising. Yeah. Is it PG? No, even, even with PG-13. The face ripping off part, it's not wow. an R. It's, it's PG, yeah. Okay. Which is crazy. Yeah. Um, I know my dad took me to see Fatal Attraction. <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> By you, Pete, do you remember? I don't. I don't recall. My dad was a huge remains uh, a huge action movie. So like he he loved all the action stuff too. Westerns too, but westerns weren't weren't really a thing at the time. But any action yeah. movie. So um, my first radar movie in the theater they took me to was was Blue Thunder. Oh, helicopter, totally. helicopter, right? Whisper helicopter mode. thing. And oh Shiner god, Jaffa. And, yeah, whisper mode. Yeah, exactly. Like and, god, and also had a whoa, whisper mode. Yeah. yeah. Right. What a Yo, oh, you, wow, the thing is, I haven't thought about that phrase in forever. The thing about that movie, like I, I found the weirdest thing to uh, to attach to in that movie when he would. Do you know what I'm about to say, Tommy? Like the thing that I attached to was his weird psychology about um, thinking he was going crazy and closing his eyes and looking at setting his stopwatch for 60 seconds and doing that driving thing. I would set my watch. I had my Casio G-Shock and I would set the timer for 60 seconds and I would just do stuff like brush my teeth with my eyes closed. And like, it was just like weird. Why would I do, do stuff like that? But I really, I became fascinated with Roy Scheider's weird thing about time. I do remember, I do remember very clearly. I don't know if this was the first one, but certainly early seeing the Lost Boys in, in the, the, oh, in the movie theater yeah. and i remember being cry little sister i mean i fell in <laughs> such but love with that movie yeah yeah I, that same summer was the first time i ever tried to, to get into a rated art movie because i remember I have a very distinct memory because my parents would just just be like hey you want to see a movie here like you do friends and they just drop you off at the theater and drive away because the 80s <laughs> good luck kids the end, like three, <laughs> that's four right. hours that's right and and when, when are they gonna be there you have no idea because you had no phone you have no way of contacting them you just sat and waited uh so i remember uh like they dropped off the theater and uh, walked up to the counter and i just think i was 12 uh, and went one for Robocop, please. <laughs> and the guy by the counter was, was probably, I know, well, it's like to me, an adult, but Robocop. probably was 16 or 17. Yeah. It was like, Are you 18? And I'm like, Oh, he's like, Nah, I'm just kidding. There you go, kid. <laughs> Have a blast. The ticket and then, yeah, there I am at 12 years old watching people get melted with toxic waste yeah. and loving it. See, by then, like, I we were we were deep in the movie going experience. And so it was like, because mm. that was right around like Lethal Weapon and Good Morning Vietnam. Yeah. And Robin Williams was easy yep. to, to to bring hard things, to swallow hard things. Listening to Robin Williams do the DJ bit was easy, but Predator was huge. Um, oh yeah so mm. yeah all of those uh big tommy have you actually ever been to like a red carpet premiere many like so just give me like what's the basic vibe of that as opposed to like opening night crowd like being in the room with the people who made the film as it's being shown for the first time it depends on which kind of film it is but you you know the you show there's a lot of security and you go on the Less than red carpet, like right. you're, you're behind this. They're like, you're not getting your picture the taken. Don't so raise you go their around cameras. there, yeah, yeah, and then you just sort of like one of the things that we would always do because I'd always bring a friend. It was usually Nikki. Uh, we would just hang around out front as long as we could because that's when you could see all the stars come in and they're all taking pictures and stuff and doing mm -hmm. the the step and repeat. And then that's when I learned that I 
am as tall. You will not believe this, but I am as tall as the late Michael Clark Duncan. Really? Yes, because he wow. walked right up to me, and I'm as tall as him. Wow. And the and I am much what taller than Tom Cruise. What are you doing right now? <laughs> what are you doing right now? <laughs> All of this is true. All of this is true. Yeah. So, um, and then inside. It takes a, they always start late because of the amount of handshaking and stuff mm. like that uh, going on and everyone sort of talking to everyone. And then uh, people clap during the opening credits when certain uh, <laughs> names they know come they're in the room. Like yeah. Huh. Yeah. So it's fun. And, and it, have you ever like watched something that is bad? You don't have to name what it is, but like that the movie was bad and people have to fake that it's fantastic and everyone loved it. Something happens. In those, even movies that are bad, uh-huh. it's still so electric okay. that it really, like, raises something up. Like the aforementioned, I can say, The House on Haunted Hill. Like, okay. it's just sort of a blast. Everyone is ready to go on the ride. Yeah. And so you're sort of taken on. So, no, I haven't really had, but okay. I mean, yes, I've seen objectively bad <laughs> movies, but it was still like, I was glad I was there. It was fun. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Right. That's awesome. Cool. All right. This was a fun trip down memory lane, uh, but I do think we yeah, should change gears. We should, bath and we yeah. Can... Let's, let's downshift and build a watch list. Vroom, vroom. Yeah, I don't know why I did that. <laughs> what? Yeah, I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't want to talk about it right now. Uh, so, okay. uh, our list this week, if I do recall, we were, we, uh, based mm-hmm. on our conversation from last week, we came up with movies about fans or fanatics. Mm-hmm. And that was based on Kyle. What was that based on? We talked about. I, I think it was basically just uh, from the conversation we were just. Yeah, I, just, I, about I don't remember what the loving, spark so. the spark was, but I do yeah. like it. Fandoms, movies about fans or fanatics, and so we uh, each have mm-hmm. presumably come up with uh, a couple of movies to talk about and movies that we think are worth uh, watching. So, uh, uh, yes. once again, I don't go first. That would be Kyle, Big Dog, Whoop Whoop. Olson. Yes, thanks to the power of Lord Shaper, I get to go first. Uh, and obviously the the one that uh, I'm afraid would be stolen, so I get to go first and say uh, the movie that not only shows that uh, fandom is good and helpful, but can save lives, because I'm talking, of course, about Galaxy Quest. Oh, because yeah. it's, That's it's real. Yeah, <laughs> so good. Like, no, kid, it's all real. I knew it. It's that <laughs> ultimate thing that you have the fan to be like, oh, well, my it's, training. It's been leading up to this moment. An easy pick because it's just such a kind yeah. uh, exploration of, of the fandom. I, I, yeah. that's, a, that's a good pick. I remember good I, I loved hearing that when yeah. uh, Brent Spiner saw it, he was so angry because he was like, this should have been us. <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> we had a chance like yeah. like they like we could have done this yeah. you know like but yeah cuz yeah. apparently like there was a version that came through the Star Trek offices like we could and they went no not a chance Galaxy Quest is off the table I feel like we need a Hall of Fame yep. uh this is inspires be, yeah, me to think we need a Hall of a Hall of Fame but there are there are this is part of a class of movies that is such a good and constant companion that, uh, and it, yeah. it weirdly it applies for so many. We might have to start a Hall of Fame. We need to noodle on that. All right, yeah. Tommy, what's your first pick? What are you talking about? What do you mean Hall of Fame? Movies that uh, are it's just been picked too many times, so it has to be sort of retired. Like we're hanging the jersey. Yeah. Oh, right. yeah. they they're yeah. used too many. Okay, well right. that's so fine because like I'm going and like Ghostbusters and like yeah. there's Got certain it. ones that maybe Jurassic Park. See. 
Well, one of the ones that I'm going to bring up as my third pick, I've mentioned the last three to four sadness. <laughs> so maybe I'll have maybe, my own Hall of Fame. Maybe you get a Hall of Fame too. <laughs> but not this one. This I'm one is to. a, this person is such a fan that they almost become a fanatic because they're able to reduce sports to numbers. I'm talking Ooh. about Joni Hill and Moneyball. Oh, that's a good one. Okay, that one is a steal. That's a legit steal. Oh, very nice. Oh! Yeah. Well done, Tom. Well done. I love it. Yeah. And, and you're absolutely best. right. I actually, I was thinking about that, too. For I think that's been picked a bunch yeah. of times. I'm going to have to start running a report. Yeah. I'm going to go full uh, Jonah Hill on our picks, our stats. We have the whole table. <laughs> we'll just see how many are that's picked right. yeah. by who. And it's just Tommy, Moneyball, 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 Moneyball. Yeah. <laughs> right. like, it turns out it's the only movie I've seen. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Moneyball, one of, one of six of movies that are on your shelf that are that doesn't have yeah. shrink wrap on it. Um, and exam. <laughs> oh, my uh, first pick. My since since Moneyball was taken, uh, mm-hmm. my yeah. first pick is. Um, uh, it's kind of a it, it's a frustrating. Uh, pick uh, a little bit because uh, it, it's. I think it's a really good film, and I it it. I had to be reminded that it even exists. Uh, but uh, going back and watching the some of the clips of, of it this morning, it just makes me. It, it makes me just really appreciate the people who are in it, uh, and what it represents for the betrayal of when when fandom is a betrayal, and that is uh, mm. Patton Oswalt in. Big fan. Oh yeah, uh, big yeah, fan yeah. gets beaten up by uh, a member of the um, of the Pats, uh, his favorite player, and yeah. uh, it's it's a rough. Uh, it, it's just if you're a huge fan, it's a rough watch. But I also love that Kevin Corrigan is in it, and Kevin Corrigan is one of my weird like back pocket favorite actors. I think he is just so charismatic, mm. uh, and so I enjoy that. And obviously, we get Philadelphia Phil uh, in Rappaport, who's always. Uh, stud, but it's a it's a strong movie worth watching. Well over the six star. That is a good movie. On, uh, yep, IMDb. So, all right. Uh, next one uh, has is a movie I have mentioned in the past. Uh, it has a close connection to one of the members of the panel, uh, <laughs> and also uh, shows the positive side of fandom. Where you know, big fan, maybe not so much. Uh, this shows what would you do uh, if you found out that uh, one of your friends was going to die before he got to see the movie he's been waiting his whole life to see. And so, my pick is Fanboys. Fanboys. That's right. Fanboys. Starring What's that? Dan Fogler. You might have oh, met him. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, didn't, yeah. I don't know uh, so what the, Fanboys is about. The premise is that it's a group of, of friends in 1998, and they find out one of their friends has terminal cancer and is basically going to die before episode one comes out. So they make a plan to make a cross-country road trip to sneak into Lucasfilm to watch episode <laughs> one before he dies. How is it? Is it good? It's it's really fun. It's 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 yeah. in that clerks thing, so it's a little like more probably more foul mouthed and dirty than it really needs to be. But sure. it's filled with so much fan love because they go to a Star Trek convention and get into a big rumble with the Star Trek fans. Funny. And uh, Kristen Bell is in it, and and and, and, and tons of cameos. And I won't even reveal when they get to Lucasfilm Ranch, like you know the the people they meet that are there. Uh, but. All along the way, it's you know it's 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 sort of also the friends we made along the way. So I mean it's like a you know it's the sure. b- group of guys you know on the road trip thing. So you get sort of fandom, you get road trip, you get you know teen movie. Uh, it's sort of hitting all of the marks. Cool, that's awesome. great. 
Yeah. And uh, Kyle Newman, also uh, not only a big Star Wars fan, he had done some Star Wars. He was at Star Wars Celebration while I was there. I actually saw him walking around. So he's the writer-director of that. And I got to meet him at a previous Star Wars Celebration. But he was there just with his family, just as oh, a that's fan. Awesome. Just I just as a recognized fan him because I'm a huge fan of his. Yeah. Right. He was walking around. He was, he was, when I saw him, he was on the phone pushing a stroller. I'm like, oh, there's two strikes. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> not going to bother you this year. <laughs> I'm not going to be that guy. That's awesome. Uh, okay, Tommy, you're up number two. I'm up number two, uh, and this is funny. In the chat room, someone just brought up the idea of what I was going to do. You know what's great is if you're hurt and you have a fan that can take care of you, but then they hit you with a sledgehammer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about. <laughs> I am talking about misery. That's misery. So that is a fanatic. Uh, yeah. Uh, in the book, funny. it was an axe, right? In the book, she, it was an she, axe. And yeah, she, um, she chops the foot off. Co-host um, Andy Nelson just mm. read Misery. Yeah. Oh. Um, and he he and I were remembering about, if you've read the book, the book inside the book, you actually mm-hmm. see what he's writing in the Misery yeah. thing. And books or letters keep breaking on the typewriter. <laughs> So yeah. she has to go in and put all the R's and then I think the E's. And we were just like wondering how much of a disaster for the typesetter <laughs> was that yeah. printing of that book because it's right. like someone went in and handwritten page after page after page of all these letters. That was maybe interesting to no one. No, I say, oh, well, then let me continue on because you could cut all this out, too. I was listening to an audiobook of Stephen King uh, where it's uh, called The End of the Whole Mess, and it, Matthew Broderick was reading it. And so the premise of that is that uh, basically a super genius guy uh, finds a way to cure anger. Like he basically finds this 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 magical water in this particular place in the country, and so he puts it. This is a long story, but he puts it into a volcano. It goes, it covers the whole earth, and it turns out, yes, it does make you a lot less aggressive, and then eventually uh, reduces your mind to that of a child. Like they didn't right. look down long enough to go, oh, you basically just gave the world Alzheimer's, and so everyone just becomes more simple. So well, that's a horrible. It thing. It starts out as like. It is a horrible. It is all that's the premise of the thing. It's basically like in trying to fix everything, you've ruined everything, and that's why it's called the end of the whole mess. But yeah. it, the, but it's written in a way of he starts out as a as a journalist, and by the time right. you get to the end, he is scrawling his name with a crayon on the end of it. And so yeah. when you listen to the audio, it's listening to Matthew Broderick, you know, break down and basically becoming you know you know simpler and simpler, and then. And then you get to the end, and he basically signs his name, and said like his name is Howard, and he names he like writes he scrawls Howie at the end, and basically it's yep. just like almost like you know like a like a like a three year old would put their name down. But I listen to the audio, and it gets to that part, and he's like falling apart, and he gets to the end. He said sign Art, and I'm like, what the Art? What his name is not Art. His name like what? And I realized oh, because it's a graphic. The script he got probably had brackets art because that's where the image would go but like nobody in the quality control He's, ever went but he just said it he art? just says art yeah he just says art but i'm like i went back and picked up oh, it's no. a nightmare's dreamscapes i looked and picked up the book and i'm like no and he literally has his name but i'm like oh that slipped through <laughs> nobody ever got it and i think if you listen to it i think it's still there that's awesome uh, so that was just for the two people who are in the chat because that's not going to make yeah. it to air. So you can just <laughs> cut that right out and throw it yeah. away. Okay, then I have another pick, uh, and it's—I'll bet it's not a steal. 
And my hunch is it's not okay. going to be a steal. Right. And I'm going to go ahead and I'm just going to give you some cast mm. members together. These All these people are in some extent the same movie. Brie Olson, former pornographic actress, mm. uh, turned her career mm. into something different. Uh, how about Nestor Carbonell? Harry Hamlin. Oh. Missy Pyle. Nestor Carbonell. Uh, Gilbert Gottfried, Robert Belushi, and Penn Gillette. Any guesses? What? Any guesses? The aristocrats? What if... The, <laughs> the aristocrats! What if there was a, a movie where a director was so turned off by the actual director making the movie that he and the ragtag team snuck into the studio and stole all the the footage, uh, as much footage as he could, and then kidnapped the lead actress and then essentially remake the movie themselves uh, and really destroy her in the process. That would be the premise of the Penn <laughs> Gillette film Director's Cut, directed by Adam Rifkin, written by Penn Gillette. It is a bonkers, meta, meta, what? meta, self-aware wow. Uh, film uh, released in 2016 and uh, it is okay. just bananas uh, and I don't yeah. think anybody saw it but I do I recommend it because it's my memory of it is it's crazy and I had a weirdly fun time with it and it's a 6-1 on the IMDb scale people okay. who saw it actually liked it uh, for its meta self-awareness. And I think, uh, I think it's, it's, it's worth having in your back pocket. It's not going to be, it's going to be wow. no one's favorite movie, but it's worth having, being able to say you saw it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. What's it called again? I already insane. forgot what it's I've called. I've never again. heard that before. That's director's cut. Director's cut. Director's That's the full cut. name. All right. Yeah. yeah. Story and it's really funny because you know he's making the movie. If you watch the trailer, you get some of the pieces of it. But the, what he has to do in order to remake this movie with very with no equipment, right? And so it's like uh, bad masks of him, like of of you know trying to to green screen him in the car or like during. <laughs> During a sex scene, Harry Hamlin's having sex with this with the principal actress that he's replacing himself, Penn. And so he's his face just kind of shows up over Harry Hamlin's face, which you see behind him. <laughs> it's really, it's really uh, funny and weird and worth checking out. Okay. There you go. Director's cut. Okay. Uh, for my last one, um, I'm curious to see if this has actually been uh, discussed on the show before because this there's there's a couple of movies that I feel like don't get enough attention or love uh, that people don't even know they exist, kind of like director's cut. Uh, so this is a movie from 2002. Uh, it's about a couple of uh, girls who in the 70s, essentially, they were groupies. So they, they traveled around and they, they you know, spent a lot of time with uh, bands at the time. And now they have gone their separate ways uh, and now are coming back together. Uh, and one has basically still living that same life. And the other one is now a respectable woman of the community with a family and everything. And so they get back together to go on a road trip uh, to this thing. And, you know, the sparks fly and everything. It's called The Banger Sisters, uh, and it's actually starring Goldie Hawn and Susan Sarandon and Jeffrey Rush, which wow. we got mentioned again. It's this great, making up it's movies. this great independent movie. I know, right? It's this great sort of fun of comedy that just came out and died that fast. And it, it's, I, I, I thought it was, I thought it was absolutely delightful. It's one of these, like, one of my sort of lost classics i'm like every time i talk about this and everyone i talk to goes oh yeah, i love that and most people go i have no idea what you're talking about yeah 
I'm writing yeah, it down. It's a, it's a, it's a great voice. lost gem, and uh, like they're and they end up, you know, and also has a Phoenix connection because they're on a road trip to Phoenix. So, wow, messed up. Cool. Yeah, it's fun. And Jeffrey Rush, and I know Jeffrey Rush is not the best to talk about right now, but he is fantastic in this movie. Often fantastic. Oh, he's he's Rush. he's got he's uh, right. he's had some and some. Uh, some issues with um, his some of his coworkers and maybe being a little too friendly with them. So yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, God. All right. All right. All right, Tommy, bring it home. My last one is the one that I've mentioned on the last four <laughs> sad mats because somehow it really threads the needle, probably because <laughs> it's bonkers. But it was my favorite movie of the year that it came out. It's Mother <laughs> by Darren Aronofsky. <laughs> Okay. He has um, uh, Javier Bardem plays. Oh, fanatic. Okay, I see. Uh, see. Yeah, this is the fanatics because he fans show up at his place and they love him so much they kill his baby. (laughs) His house is filled with fanatics because he's actually God. Spoiler alert. So my pick is mother! Exclamation point. Oh, oh, good. Uh, I'm going to try to use that for every stat bet if I can. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, I'm gonna bring it Love home it. with a Love documentary. Uh, oh, what? This is unheard of. Is it? Is it okay? Hey. Is it allowed? Is it okay? And I bring it home I because so. we'll say mostly, I'll allow it, but watch yourself. Well, I mean, you just said. <laughs> <laughs> Will his lordship please turn his attention to the people uh-huh. <laughs> versus George Lucas? Uh, so, oh, right. Wow. So we've already okay. talked about, um, you know, fanboys. Uh, we this one uh, mm-hmm. was a film that really explores uh, the people's problems with George Lucas and what he was doing. Yeah. Of course, it came out in 2010 uh, and mm. really became the sort of canonical examination of the the problems that jo- George Lucas was was uh, inflicting intentionally or unintentionally on the fan universe. <laughs> and, um, you know, includes some incredible interviews with other creators, people who are making behind the fan ecosystem of, um, you know, making uh, other, you know, fan re- fan films, fan stories, fan fiction and uh, and I think ends up being a, a really interesting uh, documentary. I think maybe it's aging better. I haven't watched it in a number of years, mm. so I, I wonder if now that we've we've sort of turned the corner on um, a, a lot of the Star Wars. I think uh, maybe the the real Star Wars problems that were. <laughs> kind of in the hands of George Lucas, and we've gotten past the the solo uh, story, and now we're mm. into this sort of new era of small screen stuff. Uh, I wonder if it would be a, a more interesting watch now. So the people versus George Lucas. Yeah. Oh, uh, written and directed by Alexandre O. Philippe. Uh, oh. Yeah, because getting George Lucas out of the way really was the best thing because, you know, we gave it to J.J. Abrams and everyone was happy with what happened after that. Everyone was thrilled to the sequel. J.J. Abrams will now take the stand. That's right. I mean, the one thing we could all agree on is that Rise of Skywalker was the best of all Star Wars. (laughs) I mean, clearly it shows George Lucas didn't know what he was talking about. So this Uh, guy needs to make a sequel. Yeah, right. (laughs) The people versus... JJ. But we do need to come up with a list pick for next week. What are, yeah, what are we gonna do? Uh what are we gonna do next week? You got an idea, Tommy? I have two suggestions. One because is is more personal than they usually are, but movies that you saw too young. 
because that's something oh, that we talked about. Interesting. Because yeah. that, that could lead to fun conversation. Yeah. Another option is movies that were, where we talked about hiding a movie behind a trailer, movies yes. that were advertised incorrectly. Oh, I like oh, both of those. Interesting. Which, Me which too. One you, oh, which no. one do you have a I, stronger feeling for, Pete? Well, I had so much fun with our nostalgia conversation that I am <laughs> kind of leaning toward movies we saw. Let's do that. Mo- movies you saw way too young because mm-hmm. yeah. it's less of a yeah. competition and more of a storytelling yeah. thing. Oh, yeah. Like- I, I, I can say as, as an answer to that, because I don't think I'll be on it, for the Blue Thunder situation where we went and saw it, uh, during the yoga scene, uh, my mom's hand went over my eyes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, had to wait my until, I had to wait until I hit DVD because, you know, to actually like see what I had missed. And I was like, oh, right. <laughs> that's outstanding. Uh, that yeah. is great. I love that pick. That's going to be really fun. All right. Yeah. So uh, that's settled, settled science. Publish that. Put it in the book. Right. Uh, thank you. Now let's talk about what you guys are up to. You doing anything fun? Tommy, when's your movie coming out? When can I watch it? Uh, hang on. Justwatch.com. <laughs> Um, is it there yet? Nope, it's, not it's there. Still, Refresh. Refresh. Still in the editing, but it's coming along very nicely. So we'll see. Okay. It's sometime in the next before I'm dead. Are you, are, you guys on, are, you, are you guys on break from What's That Smell? We still are. Yeah, okay. we got a bunch of other things swirling around right now and Pete's okay. back is broken. But we'll be coming back soon. And if you are a member, if you're a Panic Pal, yeah. you will, are. has that been released? Oh, yeah. To Panic Pals? Yeah. Yeah, the Drinky Drink episode, uh, which I listened to again recently because it makes me laugh, is out. You can enjoy that. If you're not a panic pal, go to whatsthatsmell.net and figure out your life. <laughs> okay, Kyle. <laughs> what are you up to? Uh, Curiosity Codex is currently on hiatus. Uh, so we, we've done like 13, I think, in a row. And so I hope that was enough for you guys. Uh, so we're we're um, gathering our stuff to, to, to get more information because you know, we caught up to production. So as Tommy can tell you, post-production is way longer than you expect it to be. Yeah. Uh, so that's currently where we're at now, too. So uh, next uh, part of that was well, not a new season, but like the next part of this season will be coming uh, once, once we sort of uh, get more stuff that we can talk about. Uh, and then uh, we <laughs> we thought we had released uh, an episode of Swashbuckling, but it turns out it had been stuck in the queue. Like it had been uh, a misfire. It was in the barrel the whole time. So technically there's a new episode of Swashbuckling that just hit. So if you're a fan <laughs> of Swashbuckling's Debate Society, there's an episode in there. And it stars uh, Mr. Tommy Metz. That's me and Mr. Right. Peter Wright. That's right. Also, both of these gentlemen are on that episode. So if you want to go hear them do their acting Instead of this, you know, pretending like they like movies, uh, you can do that over on Swashbuckling Ladies Debate Society. Outstanding. Golden Valley Part 2. Part 2. All right, gents. Well, thank you very much for your time and attention. And uh, thank you, everybody, for hanging out with us. Thanks, guys, in the chat room. Appreciate your your participation and, and your trolling. Uh, it's fantastic. And uh, <laughs> we're just uh, grateful to be able to do all this. So until next week, I'm Pete Wright. And these guys are... Tommy Metz and the Kyle Olson. Happy. Oh, sorry. You meant to name? Okay, sorry. <laughs> you've been sad <laughs> You've been sad You've been sad <laughs> Go do something nice for yourself.
I love the conversations that so many of our hosts have had on their shows. Steve and JJ on Trailer Rewind, Ray and Ocean on Silver Linings, even Tommy's short-lived No, No, Wait, Hear Me Out. And so many films they've discussed started out as a book, a play, or even a TV series. Well, now you can support our whole family of podcasts by using our new Originals page to buy the original source material used to inspire films covered on our shows. Just visit thenextreel.com slash originals. Your purchases made through our links give us a small commission at no extra cost to you and allow us to keep having these fantastic conversations. It's a wonderful way to support the show. Producing these podcasts week after week require a ton of work behind the scenes. If you'd like to help support our efforts, try using our originals page when shopping for books and movies that we've covered. It's your one-stop shop for Amazon and Apple links where you can buy the book, play, video game, movie, etc. upon which the movie is based. Original material for trailer rewind movies like If Beale Street Could Talk, The Goldfinch, Aniara, or The Two Faces of January. Or Silver Linings movies like Repo Men, which was based on the repossession Mambo. Plus, by using those links to buy books, Amazon and Apple show us a little bit of love, which allows you to support our family of shows with minimal effort. Visit thenextreel.com slash originals. It's a fantastic way to support the show and find a great book to read. That's right. Head over to thenextreel.com slash originals to find your next read and get started today. Get started today.